Welcome to Exhale Bible Discovery. Each week, we'll take a deep dive into the Bible, going line by line and chapter by chapter to discover the truths that God has for us in His Word. everyone. This is Dr. Paula McDonald with Exhale Bible Discovery, and we are on Revelation chapter 20. And hopefully from our last lesson in chapter 19, we saw the worship of our king and ended with the warrior king riding in on a white horse. And I hope it provided you with great hope as we all continue to navigate the rough waters of our world. And as things appear to be really rough, just refocus on King Jesus coming to avenge his people on that white horse. Well, this week, we finally get to see Satan is bound and imprisoned. Jesus arrived in Jerusalem riding in on a donkey before his death on the cross. And now we see him triumphantly as he comes valiantly on a white horse to take care of business. So in chapter 20, we are provided with the promise of the thousand years, the final defeat of Satan, and the judgment at the great white throne. So I have this chapter in three divisions. The first one, the thousand years. The second, final defeat of Satan. And third, the great white throne. So get ready for these 15 verses that are truly packed with amazing truths. So part one, the thousand years, Revelation 20, verses one through six, verse one. And I saw an angel come down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss and holding in his hand a great chain. What is really interesting here is that it says another angel that has been given this specific task of coming down to dispose of Satan. God has already called for Satan's destruction and gives this job to an unnamed angel angel. This is a perfect declaration that Satan is not God's opposite or his equal, and that God could easily stop Satan in his tracks anytime he desired. However, God allows Satan to continue doing what he's doing because even in his evil ways, not God, but Satan, he indirectly serves the purposes of God. And remember, Even if this is hard to understand as people, we are not God. And God alone, he sees the whole picture that we cannot. So keep that in mind as we read through this chapter. Verse 2, he sees the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. Here we see four names given to the evil one, the dragon, the ancient serpent, the devil and Satan, and that he was thrown down, thrown down. And we saw this earlier in Revelation 12, 9. So just as Jesus was seized before the cross, now we have Satan being seized. And just as Jesus was bound to be unjustly beaten and nailed to that cross, here we have Satan being justly bound. Our Lord 
will take care of those who have mocked him, tried to destroy his church, and have vainly tried to destroy God's word. Many try to identify the meaning of this thousand years that we're going to see over and over mentioned in chapter 20. And some even call this the gospel age. The last person to accept Jesus shall be the end of this gospel age. But only God knows. It could be a literal thousand years, or it could just mean a very, very long time. We do not need to get hung up on something like this from the real message, and that is that Jesus Christ is the victor and he's coming back for his people. Verse 3, he threw him to the abyss, locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be set free for a short time. Now, Satan is thrown into the abyss, and this means he is taken by force with no chance of escaping. And it's such a contrary beauty of how after Jesus's death on the cross, he was very gently laid into a tomb and he was washed and cleaned. And then they sealed that tomb. But the seal to Jesus's tomb could not hold him, as we know. But for Satan in his abyss or hellish tomb, it's going to be locked and sealed as only God will control these mechanisms over him. Only God binds Satan. And when we pray as people today to bind Satan against us, we must always remember that it is God who does the binding. And in the name of Jesus, never, never on our own authority. So next, the verse says that this is to keep him, Satan, from deceiving the nations anymore until this thousand years were ended and that then he must be set free for a short time. So many believe that the short time mentioned here literally means just a brief period beginning at the point after which God shall finally have achieved the full salvation of the total number of redeemed and that it would last for such a short time. The use in the Jewish and early Christian writings of a thousand years was always as a figure, meaning an eternal blessing of the redeemed. And remember, none of these issues should keep us in discord as believers. And sadly, disagreements over the years on lots of issues in the Bible have caused many to be at odd with one another. That's exactly what Satan wants. And we've got to remember, because none of us are for sure, we should never, ever allow these disagreements to keep us from being united. Because when we zero in on the truths of Christ, we can never be at odds with one another. Why Satan is once again released at this time, it's truly a mystery. But I choose to not get hung up on this as I continue to keep my eyes firmly planted on our victorious Jesus Christ. Verse 4, I saw the thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge, and I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their forehead or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. 
So now we're receiving another glimpse into the throne room that we saw back in chapter four. And we're taking a look again at the thrones of those who have been given authority to judge. In the next sentence, we learn who is also sitting on the throne of judgment, and it is those who have been beheaded or martyred because of their testimony and the word of God. These are the people who have stood firmly for the faith and did not waver, even in the face of death, as stated in the next sentence. And they never worshipped Satan, which meant they never showed allegiance to anyone else, and they did not deny Christ. Therefore, when you don't show your allegiance to Satan, you cannot receive his mark because you are already sealed in Christ. And I think this is so important to remember right now because so many people are trying to think the jab, that that's the mark of the beast. But you guys, it is clear here. When we are sealed in Christ, we are sealed. We get the mark of Christ. And therefore, no matter what, we cannot receive the mark of the beast because we would have to receive that seal by showing allegiance to him. And I think that's so important to remember at this time. And also, many scholars firmly believe that this verse includes believers who have already died and gone to heaven. So do you realize what this means? It means that you and I will also be given the authority to judge with Christ. But he is still in the lead, as we saw in the last chapter, with Jesus ahead of us on his white horse, and we are following behind. But what a beautiful picture, and what a great promise. And Ephesians 1.13 says, And you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal promised of the Holy Spirit. Again, Ephesians 1.13, cling to that. It's very important. Verse 5, the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. And this really, this verse can be very perplexing. So who is this that are the rest of the dead? Because this verse comes right after the last verse in 4 that says they came to life and reigned with Christ. So that points to those who were martyred. But now, verse 5 includes those who have gone to heaven as believers who died a physical death. Most biblical scholars believe the first resurrection is the physical raising of a new physical body. Early theologians such as Augustine from AD 354 to 430 believed this verse meant those who were saved in Christ at the moment that this happens, that their souls and our souls are regenerated. We become new creatures, new creation. We see that in the scripture very clearly. Then a second resurrection is assumed because here in verse 5, there's a first resurrection mentioned. Therefore, as we head into the rest of the chapter, that is referring to those who are raised up, who died without knowing or giving their lives to Christ. Now, these people, those without Christ, will be resurrected to stand before the throne and receive their final judgment. Because guess what, you guys? Those of us in Christ, 
Our sins are as far from the east as to the west. We do not have to worry that our sins are going to be read out loud and be reminded of them. That is such a beautiful promise. Verse 6, Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. So this now is the fifth beatitude of Revelation. And you can go back and see, anytime we see blessed, we see that that is a beatitude in Revelation. So this is the fifth one. So those who share in this first resurrection are called blessed and holy. The second death that those who do not know Christ will receive does not affect us as believers. Then this beatitude tells us that we will be priests of God and of Christ and that we will reign with him for a thousand years. What an amazing promise to us as believers. This is an unbelievable privilege and honor for us. And remember, this reference to a thousand years could simply mean for a very, very long time. So your truth bomb for this section, Satan will be locked up as all of us who believe in Christ will be raised up to reign with him forever. So your call to action, do you believe without a doubt that you too will reign forever with Christ? Never doubt this promise as you continue to deal with the world that we currently live in. Part 2, The Final Defeat of Satan, Revelation 20, verses 7 through 10, verses 7 and 8. When the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, and to gather them for battle. In number, they are like the sand on the seashore. So here we go again with this thousand-year reference. But take heart, as we don't have to know for sure if it's a literal or a figurative reference when we, again, keep our focus on the main message of Jesus as the victor. The releasing of Satan may occur at the time when more and more people have chosen wickedness and that true faith is like disappearing from the earth. Well, does this sound like it's in line with what we are experiencing today? So as the number of righteous people are greatly diminished, Satan's power over people will be vastly multiplied. And it appears from this that this is the very end for Satan. It means he's ramping up and Satan will find himself with almost a free hand to be able to just go about and do his work. And I certainly feel as if this is happening right now. And I've spoken to many of you and to many fellow believers. They feel this ramping up as far as evil goes. If, if you look back even 10 years ago, things were not like they are right now. As far as so much being poured like a water hose that you must believe this and you must follow this or that. It is ramping up. Satan is on the prowl because he knows his time is short. So if this is the case, the situation would almost certainly issue in the final destruction of humanity. It could be that in this final outburst of evil, God will permit 
the human race to find out through terminal experience just what serving the devil really means. But we're not going to have to experience that. We may go through some major tribulation. We may not, as far as a lot of the different beliefs on pre-trib, post-trib, all of that. But what we need to know is, should we die a physical death here on this earth, in the next second, we are going to be with him in that throne room. Go back and read chapter 4 just to remind yourself of that. So the reference to Gog and Magog are described in Ezekiel 38 through 39. But the battle described in those chapters of Ezekiel, they are a little different. They're very distinct from this battle that's mentioned here in chapter 20. So John seems to borrow the term and use it as a symbol. Seemingly, the battle described in Ezekiel takes place before the return of Jesus, perhaps right before or during the tribulation. And then this vast number that they talk about in this verse, it would appear to be unbeatable. Like, oh my gosh, there's this huge army and how could anybody stand against them? But God, we know, is the victor. Let's read verse 9. They marched across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of God's people, the city he loves. But, I love these but statements, fire came down from heaven and devoured them. So here you've got this huge army trying to surround God's people, the city he loves, and this means his church and all believers who have stood with Christ and have not given in to the enemy. You guys, we are the city he loves. But we shouldn't even call this a battle because there is no battle. The fight is over before it even begins. And at this point, God finally deals with the devil and his followers forever. So just like that, with a snap of God's fingers, he calls down the fire that devours them immediately. Verse 10, and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Whew. It's another reiterance of the promise that Satan and his minions are going to be taken out just as God promised. And they will never die, but they're going to be tormented forever and ever. That is a sobering thought. So your truth bomb for this section, Satan and all that follow him will be destroyed and tormented forever. No longer will they have a hold on the earth and on God's creation and his people. Your call to action. Are you staying focused on Christ during this time when evil appears to be winning? And if so, you need to redirect your gaze on our Heavenly Father and stay read up and prayed up. Part 3. The Great White Throne. Revelation 20, 11 through 15. Verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And so we know that if this throne refers to a place of high kingship. The great white throne is bathed in pure, beautiful white light representing the pureness of Christ. His throne is not marred with any sin. And no doubt, 
This throne fully represents the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all together with their Shekinah glory radiance. The second part of this verse is directed at those who rejected Christ because they are going to want to flee from this beautiful scene of this white throne, but they will not be able to hide. Here they will be fully exposed and harshly judged. Verse 12, And I saw the great and the small, the dead great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The reference here is of books being opened before the throne. One, the book of life, which means those who have believed and followed Christ, their name is in there. The other are those who rejected the king of kings. And then additionally, it says that the dead are judged according to what they have done. Also, these books that mentions first could mean the word of God, which is the Bible, and all of the truths therein for the whole universe. They will literally, the bad guys, stand before our Lord and have their dark deeds read out loud while they receive the sentences based on the level of evil they committed. These are deeds done in thought and action, things that maybe they thought nobody was looking and were doing in the dark. They're going to be exposed right here. And remember, it is them, the dead in Christ, those without Christ, who are judged for their deeds. It's not us, because we are saved by grace and grace alone. Amen. Verse 13. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. In order for us to not be confused by this verse regarding the sea, the emphasis is on universal character of judgment. Everybody who is without Christ, who's died before and who's still alive, they are included in this and they are going to be judged. And remember, this is not a trial. Those who denied Christ will be given their judgment and their sentence shall be final. Verse 14, Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire, and the lake of fire is the second death. This last echoes of sin now are eliminated. Death is the result of sin, and so it's gone. Hades is the result of death, and now it's gone. These last vestiges of sin, of its unlawful domination, are done away with. Hades is actually a Greek word used to describe the world beyond. So this represents a separation forever from God and all that is good. And there is a second and higher life in heaven. There is also a second and final, deeper death. After this life, there is no more death. So after death, there is no more life. That's for them. Interesting, isn't it? Verse 15. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Therefore, those who rejected Christ 
their name will not be found in this book of life. Their destiny is complete separation from Christ, as that is what they have always desired and claimed during their lives here on earth. So again, they are receiving the judgment that they chose. But despite all this, the victory is glorious and complete. John never allows us to forget for even a second, because as we've gone through this book of Revelation, chapter by chapter, almost every terrible scene that's either begun, concluded, or interrupted with a marvelous vision of the rejoicing of saints in glory, praises. And so these recurring scenes being injected help keep the faith and the patience of us who are reading this. In some ways, you guys, we really could call this one of the most glorious, if not the most glorious book in the Bible. All of the struggles having been recounted, John will devote the final two chapters of a discussion about heaven, the eternal home of the redeemed. I'm so excited to hear that and read that with you guys. There is absolutely nothing like these final two chapters in the entire record of human thought. Most scholars have vainly tried to find revelation in pagan myth or folklore, but guess what? It is not there. Only the Word of God could have given us this prophecy. So your truth bomb, believers must stand on the promise of the great white throne because your call to action is this. Do you know 100% that your name is in the book of life? If you have confessed that Jesus Christ died for your sins and that you have given him your life, then rest assured your name is found in the book of life. Rejoice in this truth. So the summary, Satan is locked up and finally judged and defeated. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is great news. So why not take your eyes off the mainstream, or what I call, what we've heard it called before, lame stream media news, and keep your focus on his good news, because there's nothing to fear. Jesus takes care of Satan once and for all. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for continuing to show us week after week how marvelous this prophecy in Revelation is. And thank you that we have the honor and privilege to read and study it. And it's in your precious name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Be sure to visit my website, drpaulamcdonald.com. Click on podcast and then exhale Bible discovery for self-study guides and resources to support you with each episode.